Welcome in. It's the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Dustin Blanton, along with Travis Masterson, my co-host for the 17th time. We've got some fun action to talk about. How about that game? We are recording here late Thursday night, right after the Giants and Washington football team duked it out. What an ending. Big finish. That was an exciting finish. Up, down, up, down. How about losing on an offsides penalty? I think I would rather the other team make the field goal to beat me than my own kicker miss and me lose. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want my guy to I feel, feel for him. I, I always feel so bad like if, if my teammate is that kicker and we come back in the locker room and you've got 52 guys, like you let us down. I hate that feeling for that guy. So if somebody yeah. beats me on a field goal, that's fine. Like you got beat. And it wasn't like somebody in your locker room totally let you down. Yeah. It was, there was like, the game was over like three or four times. But there was so much that went into it before that field goal. I mean, the decision to throw after Gibson's just killing them on that drive. Just bang, 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 five yards, 10 yards. Now you want to throw a pick on your own 30? For the fans, that's an awesome game. Like, that's, that's all you can ask for. Just, like, you want to be in the game. You want there to be action. I mean, fantasy relevance. You know, we're a fantasy football podcast. So, yeah, you know, guys are either putting up points or not putting up points, depending on whose team you had. Back-to-back Thursday night games. Uh, one on a game-winning field goal drive at the buzzer. Yeah, I love it. I love the drama. You can't ask for more but than that. The... The offense is here uh, at different points. We're clicking, but just maybe not for the reasons you would think, because I yeah. mean, especially during this game where, you know what? Terry looked like himself. Every, you know, especially he looked with, good, man. I had him too low this week. Fitzpatrick, like the, you know, being out the whole drama being, is he still going to be that wide receiver one option? You know, can he still get over the hump against a, you know, seemingly good defense in New York? And he looked fine. Uh, is is he quarterback proof? You know, he put up yeah. over a hundred yards. He was getting targets galore. You know, thirteen targets. I think he is. I think based on the quarterbacks that he's had in sure. his career, he is. He reminds me of a young DeAndre Hopkins, and what Hopkins did in Houston was forced to do in Houston with bad quarterback play yeah. before Watson, obviously. But for the first huge chunk of Hopkins career it was you don't know who it's going to be when you do know who it's going to be you know it's going to be bad and he still was a wide receiver one for you week in and week out I think Terry is is going to be just just fine better than I thought he was going to be I had him too low this week he looked awesome out there he can do it all dude's electric that that's an interesting comp uh interesting probably is an understatement there calling him a young DeAndre Hopkins I see your point though you know, he hasn't, like, look, no one's going to confuse a Washington football team quarterback for being a good quarterback. They had Alex Smith at the end of his career, at the end of his leg. And the last leg of his career, will you say? <laughs> you went there. And I think that's okay for you. I think you could pull that off because he was able yeah, to make it Yeah, back. had he never made a comeback, it would be a harsh <laughs> joke. Yeah, Terry, Terry, Terry looked good. He, yeah, I... I think the quarterback-proof moniker, he's approaching it. <laughs> he's slightly sneaking up on it, yeah. and I like it. 
Um, he's certainly not a sell, right. which is what I was worried Can about. Can I ask after a question though? Like, especially for the fancy community, because we're gonna need their help on this. Has anyone seen Antonio Gibson? Has the the Antonio Gibson truthers and Saquon truthers are having a hard time right now. This is a sad night for them, but. I have in the notes for a little bit later in the show. I'll go ahead and say it now. Buy both of them if you can. I, I'm glad you brought that up because this opens up a window that probably wouldn't have been there previously. This is a blip in the game. Okay, this is this is not going to be. If you looked at the game plan, if you looked at what uh, the New York Giants' defensive strengths are, they stuff the run and they try to press on the on the wide receivers. They don't generate a ton of pass rush. So bringing in McKissick. You know, Antonio Gibson had, you know, maybe a dozen carries and he had two, three targets. He, I think it was two targets because McKissick was in. McKissick was going to be their passing down guy because he is probably a, a more dynamic receiver at this point. I know we had talked in the offseason about Antonio Gibson possibly taking that next leap and maybe he's not taking that, that leap all at the same time. Maybe it's not just going to be flip a switch and then all of a sudden he's Christian McCaffrey. There are going to be games where it behooves Washington, especially because they got the win, so you can't say it didn't work. McKissick was more plug-and-play into this game plan. I think we're going to see more three-down work from, uh, from Gibson going forward. So pump the brakes on uh, selling him, but uh, especially if you could buy low right now on – on uh Gibson. Now is the yeah, time. You're approaching that before he hits, right. before Saquon has the, the 60 70 yard run. Yeah, he you get Saquon was 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 a couple yards away from getting from having enough room on the sideline to be gone. And then you can't buy him. Just one run difference, you can't buy him. No, because then they'll right now the argument for Saquon is that he doesn't look like himself. The offense is bad. What we're missing Travis looking at the numbers for Saquon is that he does he hasn't put up a big play. And looking at what I saw from this Giants offense, Daniel Jones looks like a competent quarterback when he's given time to play and he's not look he he was only sacked a couple times and looked looked like he wasn't playing with uh looking around for ghosts, you know, he he was able to process information, make the right read, accurate throws. He didn't throw a pick here. He had 9 carries and a touchdown. The guy looked dynamic, so I'm I'm not ready to jump ship off of this Giants offense either. Granted, I'm not saying they're world beaters, but you just need a competent offense with other weapons for Saquon to succeed. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be very useful pieces in that offense. So we have one. I think we have one more week of a buy low window on both of these guys, and I think it's gonna be valuable. I think you've got it. Yeah, I think you've got to do it. You have to do it before week three. And there's a good chance that the Antonio Gibson Saquon owners, because of what they've been getting from them, could be 0-2. Yeah. And th- that's when you pounce. When an owner has, is 0-2, he's down on his guys, he's already thinking, I've got to make a change. I, maybe I can get the most from one of these guys since they're not giving me what I thought they would. Yeah. Go get Gibson. Go get Saquon. Um, I actually loved... Sterling Shepard, the eye test tonight, he is so involved. He, I, I really do think he's the first read 
for Daniel Jones. Kenny Galladay wants yeah. it to be him. We saw Kenny Galladay laying into Daniel Jones on the sideline. Yeah. But the numbers say Sterling Shepard is the first look. I saw a tweet from Mike Clay tonight, and he said, with seven targets tonight, Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard has now been targeted six-plus times in 28 of his past 30 games. That's an incredible stat. That is consistency. When I saw, look, I was very upset when we have a a league that is open waivers, and I was upset when I didn't have a chance to grab Sterling Shepard. So Sterling Shepard, especially in a PPR league, my gosh, he may not score all the touchdowns, but he's going to be valuable. Argue with me about nine and ten targets. Tell me how many of those guys you find. I know that he people think of him as injury prone because he's in and out of lineup of their lineup a lot. Sure. But so are the guys next to him. If Kenny Galladay or Slayton were to get banged up, Sterling Shepard's six or seven targets a game is going to ten as long as he's out there and he's gonna be very valuable as a wide receiver three. one hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh two words for the Giants next next week to, is to why you need to try to buy low right now. Atlanta Falcons, week three Giants. Let's move on to Taylor Heineke and how he looked, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of week two. Heineke looked okay. He looked to be a game manager, and I'm look, I'm not sold on him. They won the game, yes, but he made some tough decisions. That throw that he made and was intercepted at the end of the game, he was under a little bit of pressure, but he threw it inside when it should have been outside. The one to Ricky Seals-Jones was freaking beautiful. Ricky Seals-Jones made a play, and Taylor Heineke... That was a nice catch, but he put it in the exact spot he had to put it. I liked it. I liked it. I'm I'm all for the... Look, I... I, I, That was a a lot of fantasy owners benefited off that play. My thought... Heineke to Ricky Seals-Jones. My thoughts... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ricky (laughs) Seals-Jones, longtime dynasty... That's the one that's like, no, no. I look my yeah. I'll tell you I was upset because my thoughts exactly were they were inside the 20 I'm like oh hey look Antonio Gibson's finally getting some red zone work bam Ricky Steele's Jones I'm like okay that sounds about right yeah yeah you get that blurb on your phone that's like Gibson's in the red zone and then you turn on you you look at the TV and immediately they scored and it's like yeah. damn it what a, it's gonna be another 15 minutes before they're back what a in. game though it looks like they're not gonna fall too far after losing uh Fitzpatrick so that's at least a breath of fresh yeah. air uh, final thing to bring up at this game, we you know Kenny G though had eight targets, so not not, not like he's getting nothing, but I'd like to see that improve. Uh, I don't know that I want to buy. I don't know that I want to buy him though. I I think he just want to wait. Not yet. If you can get him super low, super cheap, maybe someone's just ready to jump ship. Um, but try he could he could have wide receiver one potential on or at least the one on his team. So all right, I've got a would you rather before we move on to the two uh, week I was two hoping games. We could sneak past this because these. Questions are always I cannot sneak past so it. grueling. Go ahead, hit me with the it. People Make me uncomfortable. Demand the people demand these conversations. Oh, awesome! I want to talk to these. I people. would like three, <laughs> three or four minutes of your time to answer oh, this. Perfect. Would you rather only be able to yell, <laughs> oh or only be able to whisper? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'd rather. You know what? I've met. Oh man, I've met both two types of people who like like. With, like talk really soft and like i'd rather have yeah two things i'd rather i'll pick whispering because <laughs> secrets are important me too and two i, I would if pick I whispering whisper, as well it makes you listen it makes us have a conversation 
Come closer. Exactly. exactly. We're friends Let's go now. to a speakeasy. A speakeasy, yeah. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I, I would hate to only be able to yell. Like, there's so many situations where that's unacceptable. Yeah. And Breakfast. There's not that many situations where whispering is unacceptable. Yeah, there's not so many. Like... If you, <laughs> In public in general, but I mean, in closed going spaces. To a, like, could you imagine going to a football game? And like, yes, score, score a touchdown. Where the heck is... But if you're on a, if, let's say you're on a plane, like, you, you can't no. talk at all. You can't do anything imagine because to, you're yelling. You're getting kicked off. Like there's a fire somewhere, and you have to try to tell no! as many people as you can. Hey, guys, I just want to let you know there's a fire down here. You guys are probably going to want to get out of here. All right, I'm going to put that poll out after the show. Actually, I'm going to do I it like right it, now yes. while you introduce week I two. Want to see so it. we both say we both say I whispering. Say whispering. I want to meet the people who want to yell. All right, so week two. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. I don't. I'd like to meet them from far away. And week two has some fun games ahead of us as we transition smoothly from the would you rather question of the week. The first one we're breaking down right now because we picked three. Okay, we've already talked about the Thursday game. We picked three games to talk about. The first one right now, right off the bat, Eagles versus 49ers. It's fantasy relevant. We've got some wide receiver controversy for we got honestly we have controversy at most levels for the the 49ers. You've got Brandon Ayuk who everywhere but everywhere but Kittle yeah, is like Kittle's what's going like, on? Hey, like a position that's a problem for every other team pretty much at tight end is like yeah. hey I'm just sitting here chilling like I'm gonna get all the targets I need and then Ayuk is over here look everyone at this point has seen that he's learning to be a pro or maybe it's the hamstring and then you've got Elijah the dude's good he is good and I don't know look I'm not connected to many NFL people. I I don't know what he needs to learn to be a pro. I see he's strong. Maybe he just needs to post a leg photo and people will be like, oh, okay, he's fine. He'll be okay. A quad pick. A quad pick. Like maybe like show his abs I a do. little bit. Throw a quad pick out there if you want to get back at the right. game. Right. Exactly. You want you want his stock to rise. You show his legs. But Elijah Mitchell as well. <laughs> this will be uh the first time, presumably, that Sermon is active while he's active. We're gonna get some answers there against Look, the Eagles' defensive front is solid against the run. I trust Shanahan to, to put together a solid game plan for the run. Uh, just sticking with the 49ers' side of the ball, I I don't know what to make of Brandon Ayuk right now. Um, I think the obvious... I'm buying him where I can. Sure. If you can get someone... But people aren't selling yet. Exactly. I mean, you got him in the fifth the, round. I think a lot of the pundits, a lot of the experts are giving the advice of hold him, don't drop him. Uh, if if you're in a league where he is on the waivers, he has been released. Please, you cannot drop him. I think after Elijah Mitchell, um, go go pick him up. Uh, as you you know, waivers have already run at this point. But if he's sitting on your you know free agent wire, you know in the the trenches, go grab him. Elijah Mitchell should be on your roster, and you already have Kill and Debo. This is going to be an exciting game. Do you think that people spending a 100 of their budget was a wise move for Elijah Mitchell? You know, I fall in the camp of I've been a fan of Elijah Mitchell since before the draft process this year. Uh, I love the dude's tape in college. He's an electric. You do athlete. your homework on the rookies. I do more uh, so than 
than some of, of the fantasy analysts like myself that focus more on the guys that we know we're trying to predict them. You know who's coming in. You know what they've been doing for years. Exactly. So not to victory lap it a, a bunch. I, I don't like giving myself just a bunch of accolades. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I saw that um, Sermon was inactive and most, you know, and he wasn't playing, I knew exactly who I had to go grab because Elijah yeah. Mitchell I knew was going to be in line. Not a lot of talk about him in the preseason. He only played in one game and looked average, but I knew he reminds me so much of Mostert that I'm like, yeah, he's got to be your guy. So, yeah, it, it feels good to, to – don't get me wrong, I'm wrong on some guys too, but Elijah Mitchell, yeah, he – I think to answer your question, yes. All of your and, budget. Because you don't get many of these guys, especially in that offense. I've, look, I've heard the arguments that, yes. As the year goes on, it gets harder and harder. And right. Then you're Let me ask you money. this question, though. If Mostert were healthy all year and he were on your waiver wire, would you go pick him up? Well, how much would you spend on Mostert? If you all knew. Exactly. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with Elijah Mitchell. I like Elijah Mitchell. He's Raheem Mostert without the age, essentially. Like, yeah, he's, that's a good he's call. not going to break down. So. Yeah, I like Elijah. I like Mitchell. that perspective. If if the starter was out there, what would you spend on him? Yeah, right. So I'm okay with. So who him. do you have winning this game? Who do you have winning? The Niners are three and a half point favorites. Over under fifty and a half. Plenty of fantasy production. Hurts, oh, yeah. Sanders. No. I um, think Devonte Smith, is, Goddard. You're starting those four. That's pretty much it. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think the the Niners win. Um, I think their defense is going to be too good. I think that playing against Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, yeah, the 49ers are well-equipped to handle a running quarterback and know how to contain him. Look, Hertz is a good mobile quarterback. He's going to put up fantasy points, but put him in a game script where it's not 36-3 to or whatever the score was for the game last week against Atlanta yeah. where he's, this is what I've wanted to see all off season is where Jalen hurts is forced to throw the ball where he is in a game script where now it is predictive or predictable what he's going to do because we've talked about how the, the passing windows open up as a rushing quarterback where the play can extend the defense breaks down easier throws. You know, maybe he can gain eight yards on a rush when you have guys like, uh, Fred Warner that are that are chasing you down and you've got Nick Speed, Bosa yeah. on the other side. What are you doing now when you have a competent defense in, uh, from San Francisco? And not and now let's get on the We're going to learn a lot side. about Philly. I'll tell you one really person quick. I do love in this game is Devonta Smith. And it's because of the cornerback injuries to the 49ers they're kind of thin now with uh jason barrett being out now it's unfortunate man what a shame for him too another tcu horn frog i actually went there at the same time that he was there with andy dalton it was just like this dude is so cold he will yeah. lock anybody down and every time he's healthy he does for yeah for such a long time he was a, a but he cannot stay healthy yeah he it's unfortunate but yeah i've got the i've got the niners winning I, I've got Hurts playing from behind. I think there are going to be some points put up from the Eagles. I don't think it's going to be a you know mirror of last game, you know, swapped scores where it's going to be thirty-eight to three or something. I think the Eagles do 
stay relevant, put up, I don't know, maybe 20 points, but I don't, I don't see this being a super prolific game for Hertz. I think he's going to be, he's going to have to throw the ball. And again, not that he can't go off, but I want to see him throw accurately in this game. I, I, I think if you get 20 points from Hertz, you're happy with this matchup. Yeah, I think against a good defense, you have to be. Packers Lions. Next up, Packers. Yes, sir. Bounce back week. I don't know what else you can call it after week one. That was horrific. That was. Uh, but look. Vegas thinks they get back on track in a big way. Who 11 doesn't? and a half point favorites over the Jared Goff 300 yard, three touchdown Jared Goff. I think yeah. all the Packers feast. They'll get it right. Aaron Jones, to me, I was really close to making him the star of the week for me. It's just that he's already projected about 20. So it's it's hard to say, oh, yeah, 20, no problem. He'll get 25 plus. That's a different level of freak game. Um, I'm not worried about the Packers at all. They're going to be fine. It was a weird, flukish game one for them. What about the Lions side? Do you think Jamal Williams' usage is sustainable can he repeat 17 touches again man when i saw you post this question on the show sheet i my initial reaction was no of course not like they're not they're not going to give him 17 touches but then i started to think it doesn't have to be 17 touches but does jamal williams get 12 a game who else are they going to throw it to absolutely because an Anthony Lynn offense loves to throw to the running back, and we, uh, unfortunately, to my DeAndre Swift shares, you have two running backs with very similar skill sets. And Jamal Williams, he's a darn good football player. Yeah, I, I think his usage in this, this game and this role is going to continue, unfortunately. Um, it didn't you know hurt what? Swift, though. No, because Swift offers something that I think Jamal Williams... Jamal Williams is good, but he's not quite DeAndre Swift-level athletic. And Swift is just able to make plays that Jamal Williams can't. And that's okay. Jamal Williams is going to be a touchdown problem all year. You get him within the Okay, 10 so let me ask you this. Yeah. If you, you, you have Swift I in a lot of places, right? You're a big Swift guy. Yeah. So what are you willing to sacrifice in a trade to acquire Jamal Williams? If I have Swift, um, yeah, because if Swift were to go out, Jamal Williams is a top oh, fifteen man. running back. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not unreasonable. So so what would you pay? You can convince if Jamal has a a more quiet game week two. You can convince the Jamal owner, hey, he's a backup. Week one was kind of fluky because they were down so much. What would you pay? Would you would you trade a Devonte Smith for Jamal Williams? Hmm, no. No, not at this point. Your start What about your starting wide receiver 3? Like if you have a decent 4, would you trade your 3 for him? Like if I have like Marquez yeah. Callaway? Callaway, Mooney, um, Michael sure. Pittman. Uh, yeah, like someone like that's like like a fringe wide receiver 2, 3 guy. Are you only doing that if you have yeah, Swift? I could see it. If it yes. Well, mm, what if you need See, running back? What if, what if you only had? What if you were a Mostert owner? You didn't get Mitchell, and you've got two good guys. Your third is like a James Conner, pretty weak third running back. Would you go get Jamal? Yeah, 
if you're like heavy at another position, sure. I mean, look, it's all got to be about value and being relative to that other team. So if they have a bunch of wide receivers and then they've got two running backs and then Jamal Williams, it doesn't make any sense for you to try to trade unless you have another running back. You've got to offer value to that team. So here's the I, thing. I, I, you know, I think for he's, me, can, he's mentally for people. He's a backup running back. And right. if he does get 15 touches again, I'm going to try to buy him. I don't blame you. It, uh, look, I just don't like, I hate handcuffing because it's like, unless I'm getting close to the playoffs, it's not something that's on my mind. Like, injuries are going to happen. I can't predict injuries. Look, there's a chance that I buy Jamal Williams, I lose the value on my team, and then he doesn't ever produce enough to get into my starting lineup. And then, look, I, the closer I get to the playoffs, the closer I get to the end of the season, I will be willing to pay more, which is something that you should look to do in your own leagues with handcuffs that you currently have. These guys are going to want that guy, and you can kind of make it a fair swap. Like, hey, I help you out, give you some safety, you give me that wide receiver three to bolster my roster, whatever it is. But no, for me, I'm not going to go out and buy Jamal Williams because, I'm again, I'd be playing for an injury. If you're deep enough, sure. But if it's just a, hey, I need another running back, I don't think Jamal Williams is the guy. I think you can get someone else. Okay, let me give you, let me give you two guys that... I think are comparable. See if you agree. Who would you rather have? Jamal Williams, just independently. You don't have okay. Swift, so would you rather have James Conner or Jamal Williams? Mm. Personally, I... Oh, man. That's tough. I'd probably go Jamal Williams. Me too. What about James... Uh, I mean, uh, Jamal Williams or Chase Edmonds? Oh, Non PPR, Jamal Williams. What about PPR? PPR is Chase Edmonds. Why does that change though? Because Jamal's getting passing work. Yeah, right now. Look, so that the, was just that was just game script week one. That, that, okay. For me, it's if I it's week one, so I, I don't want to take what DeAndre Swift got, especially when he was recovering from a groin injury. I don't want to take that and extrapolate it over a season and then be like, that's he's only getting the 19 touches because there's a chance that he gets 25 touches and Jamal gets 10, and then now we're having to ask a new question. So I think Chase Edmonds, he's probably right at where he's going to be, and if Connor goes down, which, look, we're not going to write that off as an, as an impossibility. That could happen. Yeah. Chase Edmonds gets more work. So in a PPR yeah. where he's already inherently a pass catcher, I'm sure. Let's move on to TJ Hawkinson, though, because, as you said, we're not really needing to talk about Packers a bunch. But TJ Hawkinson is Man. someone who is going to get tons of volume, and I have been wanting to hear you talk about him I for weeks. was wrong on TJ Hawkinson. I am owning that. People on yeah. Twitter say, you got to own when you're wrong. This is one. I'm eating humble pie here. TJ Hawkinson looked every bit of a featured part of that offense. He's going to have a floor of six to seven catches, not targets. Six to seven catch floor every week. I I missed on him. I have him in a couple of actual leagues, not best ball, but actual leagues, because you were so high on him, and he fell, and I thought, you know what? It's my co-host for a reason. Let's go with TJ. If he sucks, I can't wait to rip him on air. Right, right. But you were right. TJ yeah. Hawkinson's awesome. He's going to create a fan out of me. Went to Rice. I'm from Houston. 
The dude is fast. The dude's strong. And like you said, all offseason. Went to Rice? Yeah. No, he's from Iowa, bro. I thought he went to Rice. No, he went to Iowa. Oh, oh, oh. I must be thinking of a different dude. Different tight end. So okay. What you've been saying all offseason about Hawkinson is that more than just how good he is, they don't have anybody else. And we saw that week one. You've got two running backs and, and TJ Hawkinson. That's it. Congratulations. You know, it brings up an interesting point. I'll, I'll just make this quick point as to why I think TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are going to be great regardless. Because very similar um, to the what the Saints had to do last week is similar game plan as to what the Lions are going to be doing this week. And we'll get into that once we bring up our big start, our big picks of the week. Um, this, this next game, though, that we're going to be bringing up, Chiefs and Ravens, I, are we smelling a shootout in Kansas City, Travis? Absolutely. 55 point over under. Mm-hmm. That's oh, one that's, of the biggest I think we'll see all year. That's tasty. That's nice. That's huge. And as a Mahomes Kelsey owner, Tyreek in, in one league, I love this. Clyde Edwards, I think that Baltimore defense didn't look as stout. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because of the recent injuries. They're still trying to figure it out. But I think Clyde's going to be pretty good in this game. He got 17 of the team's 18 carries. It's not like he's going to be splitting with anybody all year. And Jacobs and Drake both just had a, a pretty nice combo against Baltimore. So I think Clyde's good. I think Mahomes and Lamar both absolutely lighted up. Big, big nights from both. This is the yeah. Sunday night game, right? Um, I believe so. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be a showdown. This is a game that, look, the Chiefs typically have the Ravens number in the past, at least in the recent past. I think they follow a lot of the same principles that it takes to beat the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, and that is a lot of blitzing, a lot of man coverage, and make him beat you with accurate throwing. I'm still not convinced that Lamar can do that. I think they have some serious problems in that offensive line. Their tackles look very bad, and the pass rush for the Chiefs is one of their strengths with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. I don't expect a fun time for Lamar. I I think there will be a lot of points scored, but I think it's going to be much more the Chiefs than it is the Ravens. He's got to have more than his 20 fantasy points week one. Lamar? Yeah. Mm, maybe. Uh, I just I, I th- he's got to get to 25. He could. I If the over under is 55, there's no way he doesn't get over 20 points. The rushing upside is there. Look, for me, I they have a lot to prove to me. They struggled with the Raiders and the Chiefs are not the Raiders. The Chiefs can score and that defense like you said struggled with the Raiders at times. This you can't afford to have missed coverages when it comes to Kelsey when it comes to Tyreek Hill especially. And now you've got other ancil- ancillary pieces like Nicole Hardman and you you know you brought up CEH. This is a pass heavy team. You know, this isn't a team where they're you know running it most of the time to kill clock. They will score on you in a minute and a half and then you have to have an answer. So yeah, start your Chiefs, start your Ravens. I mean, 
Sammy Watkins is a flex play to me. I I like He looked good. He really did look good. Yeah, he always looks good. Cuz he looks he looks so much faster to me with the haircut. <laughs> with yeah, you know what? It was it was the He looks like a lot smaller. I'm like, is that Hollywood or is that Sammy Watkins? Like I can't tell who I'll that tell is. I'll tell you. But he he looks smooth, man. He, he when he's healthy, the dude is it's a good receiver. He really You have is. to keep an eye though on Marquise Hollywood Brown because if his status changes, if he, if he isn't going to be 100%, if he doesn't play in this game, Sammy Watkins moves into my low-end wide receiver 2-3 range Yeah. Um, because not a high-passing volume t- team, but they have to throw it somewhere, and, I'm, and I don't trust Devin Duvernay. He would be good for seven to eight catches, yeah, he, I think. Give him you know, 10 targets. At, you know, I think that's probably his top range. But Mark Andrews is yeah. most likely going to improve in this game. They're, they're going to be able to move the ball, I think, but as the game gets on and the pass rush really becomes a problem, Boy, there are some interesting storylines that I'm interested that I'm looking forward to to seeing how they play out. How is Tyson Williams going to follow up his performance of last game? Because God, he's been moving everywhere. All over alert, Twitter, you see I, deals. You see deals with him in it. I think he was a sell. I think he was, is a sell candidate. I think. Yeah. Coming off of a touchdown run, where he's coming into a committee where he is unproven in terms of how usage is going to be split. I'm out, bro. I'm out, especially when... I almost gave you Michael Thomas for Yeah. And that ended up... I still don't feel... I had to stay super patient. Super clean about that about trade. Uh, we made a trade in our, in our home league. And I received Michael Thomas, and, he, and I sent out Javante Williams. You are 1-0. I am 1-0. With Gibson I, and Swift. Swift and Elijah Mitchell. Yep. So look, this is purely. And a you needed, you did need wide receiver help. So yeah. you're you're planning for the back have, half and the playoff I have run. Marquez Callaway, I believe I'm believing in my guys. I love Swift, Gibson, and Elijah Mitchell. I I can't speak good about them and not put the money on the table. So I'm pushing my chips in. I think it's it's early, obviously, to go all in, but I think my guys are are going to perform. Um, you've got and me with with Clyde Edwards, Ronald, and James Conner. I needed Javante Williams big time. Oh, gross! He's he's much better than Conner. If Ronald Jones doesn't work out like I had hoped, I'm still okay with Clyde and Javante Williams. I think Javante week one week at a time will start to take that over, and I think kind of like what we saw from Swift and Cam Akers. Jonathan Taylor towards the back half of the year last year. Yeah. Those young cats took over. I think he's going to do kind of like that uh, down the home stretch. It's possible. I'm hoping for it at least. That, that's the price of Michael Thomas, so I hope it does work You've out. You've got a question written down here. Can the Chiefs go undefeated in the regular season? That was their goal. They said, okay. uh, they asked are Patrick there, Mahomes, like, what are your expectations? Are there, he said, realistically, our goal is 20. Are up. there any teams that are like, what are your expectations? Solid seven wins. Yeah, solid. I think we can maybe get to six. I don't think any other team in the league would tell you our goal is 20 and 0. Maybe a John Gruden team. A, a realistic goal? No way. No, no teams like, we're running the, the table. Aren't going 20 and 0. Uh, I would bet $100 that they're not going. Yeah. You, if you had 100, you would bet all 100 that they're not going to do it. Just in the regular season. Do they play Tampa in the regular season? No, but they faced the Raiders twice, and the Raiders always beat them at least once. And 
That's true. The Raiders do find it's a way just, to knock a weird them off. Divisional thing. It's a divisional games hit different, yeah. and I'm here for it. I like the drama. I like the uh, unexpected nature. Who knows? But yeah, there's there's something to speak about there. It's. I would not bet all 100 no, of my dollars. You only have 100 dollars, and they're all going that they. If I had $100, I would not bet all 100 that they don't go 20 and 0. I would no. probably say no. 10% chance. I think they're that good. I look, they're good and I give Patrick Mahomes a lot of credit, but no, they're not going 17 and 0 in the regular season. Just it's I don't believe that they have the type of defense it takes to get there. Um and the way that they play offense, look, it's it's electric, but no. It's time for big picks they've of got, the week. They've man. got Cowboys. Real quick, they got Cowboys, Packers, Bills, Chargers twice, yep. Raiders twice, yep. and Ravens. So all they have to do is drop one of those. Yeah, you probably yeah. you're probably okay. <laughs> I, I'm usually yeah, the house usually wins on that one. All right, big picks. Go for it. All right, big picks of the week. Week two. Travis, we're going to start with the quarterback position. You've got Jameis Winston, and he is facing the Carolina Panthers defense. He threw five passes, it feels like, last week. Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> five touchdowns. They were, they were afraid to throw the ball. Yeah, he threw five touchdowns, and they didn't need to run when you're up by 50. You know, so I don't think that it's a Jameis problem necessarily. It's like, oh, it's the offense. They're not going to want to throw it. They're going to do what they need to to win the game, and Sean Payton's smart. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that, look, if they're facing a team that has a weak passing defense, which was not which was not the Packers, they have a great passing defense. You could see that they ran the ball all over them. Uh, yeah, it, it was... Just a reminder for those listening, our rule of a win for your big pick of the week at each position, to count it as a win... They've got to finish with five or more points above their projected total for the week. So Jameis is projected at 17.62 points to win. Half PPR points. I would need it. about, yeah, I would need about 23 points, 22 and a half. I think what we, what we just saw, Zach Wilson, first game in the league, had four deep balls over 20 yards against this Carolina defense. Yeah. I know that Jameis had five touchdowns. And that inflated his numbers last week, but he only had 20 attempts. Right. So even if you knock the touchdowns down by two or three and throw another 10 or 15, maybe 20 attempts on there, he's going to be fine. Deep threats like Deontay Harris, Callaway, the receiving work of Alvin Kamara, and what we saw, the red zone ability of Troutman and Jawan Johnson. I think there's a lot of paths to Jameis getting to that 22-point yeah. total. And that's kind of what I was looking for with a pick of the week this week is, are there a lot of paths for him to get there, or does the one thing that has to happen, is that guaranteed, or is there uh, only think, one way yeah, to get there? there's more than one way to get there. Um, the over-under is at 44.5, so they're, they're predicting some you know, a moderate score for this game. Saints are favored. Uh, three and a half points. Look, Jameis Winston it played solid. I think he's a solid quarterback. He, look, they're they're not going to have a, a cornerback that's necessarily going to be able to shut down Marquez Callaway. J.C. Horn is nice, 
but I think that even without Michael Thomas and playing against a division rival, I think Jameis Winston is still going to be able to move the ball. Sean Payton designing an offense. He knows this defense well. I want to see how Callaway looks. I think that deep threat is going to work well. And yeah, like you said, he needs 20, right around 22 and a half points for you to get a W in this segment. I think he gets there. I like the pick. All right. Who do you got? Well, my initial pick, and I forgot that he played Thursday, you know, tonight. My initial pick was Daniel Jones. And so I don't want this to be my pick. I think I want this to be actionable for the people. Daniel Jones, yes, he had a great game. He is, uh, he was going to be five and zero against Washington. Unfortunately, the missed field goal that would that never happened again. Uh, I guess, um, and Washington wins on a make field made field goal by Dustin Hopkins. Look, he's, he looked great. Listen to the beginning of the podcast to get a rundown of him. My pick for a quarterback that can outperform his projection is Jared Goff. We just talked about the Lions, so we can kind of keep this short, sweet, and to the point. This is a team that is going to most likely be playing from behind. So a lot of passing attempts for Jared Goff. And he's playing Green Bay that, look, the tight ends were able to score. And there's no real wide receiver one option to take away that Jair Alexander would key into. What, who's he going to guard? Amon Ross St. Brown? Uh, Quintez Cephas? Is he still on the team? I, I don't know who he's going to be covering. Yeah, actually, Yahoo had him as a deep sleeper, bold prediction. They say Quentin Cephas will score a touchdown. I, look, I don't like predicting touchdowns. So if, if Cephas scores a touchdown, I think Goff sure. will get that number for sure. And But you tell me who they're going to key in on, and what it tells me is that he's not going to be shadowing anyone. He's going to be most likely playing a side of the field. And Hawkinson is going to eat. You know, the running backs, they catch passes. That still counts for points. And you still have to respect the run because they're going to be in, you know, a lot of 12 personnel because of the lack of wide receivers, most likely. So, yeah, I think that that's going to happen. And then, of course, garbage time is a thing. So, excuse me, I, I think that Jared Goff... That's my favorite point that you have about Goff. Yeah, because... It's because if, if we are project, projecting a big green bay day yeah. a big bounce back and they're 11 point dogs Goff is going to be in garbage time for half the game i think the only way that Goff doesn't get to like 22 points is that if he has a bunch of turnovers and he just has one of those imploding games where it's like three interceptions one or no touchdowns and the the, the offense just absolutely doesn't get moving but with the quality of offensive line and i think with the scheme of this team i think I think we are going to see, you know, Detroit able or them be able to score some points and at least keep it respectable, not a complete blowout. So if I would have told you two months ago or asked you, what are your thoughts on Jameis Winston week one lighting up Green Bay and Jared Goff lighting up Green Bay from a fantasy perspective for over 20 points? Uh, You would have said, hell no. I'd have some problems with it, but that. Here we are. It's crazy how one week you're like, oh, Green Bay's pass defense probably yeah. sucks. But in this situation, it's going to be game script. I, I, I like the garbage time point for something sure. something to watch. Running backs. Who you got, Travis? Javante Williams, the newest member to my locker room and our home league together. It hurts. Projected 10.52 and a half PPR 
against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, who just gave up 41 carries to Houston for 160 yards, two touchdowns. The Texans running backs combined for 36 fantasy points week one. <laughs> the joke. So between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, I don't think there's any way that they aren't safe plays. And I think Javante coming off of a 15 touch NFL debut, I see him touching 20 touches. Um, if they're up, I don't think Melvin Gordon is the one that they're going to use more. They're not going to say, hey, you know, you're in, your injury track record is yeah. great. Your age is great. We, we don't know what you can do yet. They're not, all those reasons go to right. Javante. So if Denver's up, and I'm definitely expecting them to be up on Jacksonville after what we saw week one, I think 15 points is almost a lock for Javante Williams. The projection of 10.52 is wild to me. Yeah, I don't think they quite caught up to him. He looked great in his debut. He he had burst, um, just a couple runs that he got caught from behind, but the hole was there. I like him a lot, especially in a half-point league. Yeah, 10 points, 10 and a half points is low for him, For and good points he brought up. Definitely someone to make sure you have in your lineup. My pick for... Go trade for him if you can. Yeah, go trade for him. <laughs> You know what? I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. I got Michael Thomas. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. Gonna be you fine. called me out. You called me out pretty good last night after we made that oh, trade, man. which was at 11.45 p.m. Central Time. We had been working on it since I looked at it. 3.30 in the afternoon is when we yep. started the negotiation. Yep. Eight hours later, the trade happens. I put the poll out. Would you rather have Michael Thomas or Javante Williams? Yeah. And it was pretty drastic towards Javante. You said... Did you do that just to make yourself feel better? I know the answer. Of I course, the I answer. said, absolutely not. But I woke up and looked at the poll first mm-hmm. thing, and I was like, oh, today's going to be right. a great day. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I saw the poll, and I was like, okay. A little extra slow stretch, a little slow pour of the coffee. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the one saying we have every year about players, Travis? Oh, no, no, no. Everyone no. is don't You don't say that about Javante Williams. Away. Every, everyone seasons one ligament away from falling apart. So if you're talking about Melvin Gordon, I'm I'm with there you. There you go. My pick though is Damian Harris, and look for four letters is all I need for this pick. It's J E T S. Jets, Jets lose. Okay, because <laughs> Damian Harris he doesn't need to catch passes. That's not his forte. But Bill Belichick wants to run the ball down the Jets' throat. Look, they're going to be able to get. They're going to be. You're not buying into the smoke that we saw from the beat writers. No, no. Saying, "Oh, there's a decreased workload. Uh, We're going to change his role after one we, fumble. Like it cost you the game, but every time he touched the ball, it was we good." Hear that every single time, uh, in in a New England backfield, it's oh, we're gonna we're gonna re- you know reduce the workload. We're gonna change what he's doing. Look, they they're gonna change what the the roles for the running backs are, regardless. Okay. If the wind blows a certain direction, James White gets eleven touches. Okay, so I don't, I don't want to hear like he's projected. Damien's projected thirteen point five four. So you're saying Damien's getting eighteen point five? I think he gets two touchdowns and at least sixty yards. That's what I'm saying. I think it's not. I look. I'm calling my shot a little bit on this one, but but I love it. I'm I have Damien in a lot of places. It, man. I like, hope you you're tell right. me that the Jets aren't one of the best bets to have a game against. And 
that's just where I, that's how I feel about it. So, yeah, I, if, I like if it. there's a game where he's going to pass the you know dozen or so points that he's usually projected for, I think it's this game. I think 13 and a half is a decent line, but I think he gets over it. I think 60 yards and two touchdowns is reasonable. So, I move like on it. to wide receivers, man. There's some. There's a couple of deeper picks that one of them uh, has been talked about. One of them not so much. Um, You've got yeah, we don't have to touch on mine too much. Marquez Callaway. Um, I'm rolling with Jamison Callaway connection this week. Projected 12.61 points in a half PPR on Sleeper. All it will take for Callaway to get to 17.6 mm-hmm. and for me to get a win here is one deep touchdown. Because yeah. I think he he I think they're gonna connect on one of these every two to three weeks. Sure. And he did not have a chance to do it last week, really. If he gets forty, if he gets that forty or fifty yard bomb, which they're going to take a few shots at, so if he gets one, all I need from him the rest of the game is two to three catches. Yeah, and I think that he can do that. I see the path. I like the chance that he gets one with Jameis. I like it, man. Especially against a soft uh, Carolina defense, it's a good pick. My pick this week is Anthony Schwartz. It's a flex play. He's only projected for six point eight six points. And last week he almost had that, and he didn't even have a touchdown. Look, he had a decent, he had a nice line against the Kansas City Chiefs for the Browns, and he went for for five targets, three receptions, and sixty nine yards. And Odell's not playing this week. Uh, we got that news. Has he been ruled out for week two already? Yeah, he was ruled out like Monday. Oh man! And so wow. yeah, it's he's far away then. He well, you know what? They there was actually an interesting point. If you're ruling out. him out on Monday, they probably knew he wasn't going to play. Um, so they wanted to rule him out. They wanted a game plan for Anthony, for Schwartz, for Schwartz, for Donovan Peoples Jones. <laughs> Do, uh, Donovan yeah. Peoples Jones is really the only worry I have because he and Jarvis Landry had a much higher in the eighty percentile uh, or eighty percent uh, snap share, whereas. Anthony Schwartz wasn't quite there, but he received far more targets than Donovan Peoples-Jones. Schwartz is a burner, if you're unfamiliar with who he is. He is a rookie, and he is a field stretcher. And I think, look, I think he can do much more than just that, but he, he kind of is going to be used in that pseudo-Odell role where they want to target him downfield. And I, all I need is some red zone work for him, and boom, you know. Bingo, you got it. This is a guy who can you can deeply flex him and he's going to produce. I like him for this week, especially, especially against the Texans, who are just begging people to score on them every which way. What happened to Rashad Higgins? Do you think that he comes back this week? Rashad Higgins? Um, I don't I Yeah, I mean he's still there. Man, that's a name look, I don't I don't spend a lot of time on Rashad Higgins analysis, but my guess is no. I think I think they like. You think he was beat out, or was there? Yeah, some... no. I they like Donovan People Jones. I want to look and see why why he wasn't on the field I, because he's usually there more targeted than People's Jones. Well, last last year he lost a lot of snaps to Kaderil Hodge, and I think he was more being phased out. He was more of a guy that he was their veteran guy, but they like Donovan People's Jones. They've spoken highly about him all throughout camp, and then you have the rookie that they spent a mid round pick on in Anthony Schwartz. So I think they've got the guys that they want on the field right now, and they don't 
you know that you know the Browns is either one or two tight ends on the field at all times. They don't go for wide receivers. So no, I don't. I don't think Rashard Higgins is any factor this week. Do you think Schwartz need, needs the touchdown to get to eleven point eight six? No, because he almost did it last week. Um, I okay. think it's a harder path. Obviously, you get a touchdown and then you're so he's got two, but he's got two options there. If he, if he almost did it last week without the touchdown, yeah, he could he could get it without. Sure. If he gets it, he's guaranteed it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, this is someone I've. Like I said, deeper league flex play. I think, especially yeah. if Odell is out. Well, he is out. If he gets that role, I like it. I appreciate you you bringing out a name that you probably won't hear on any other podcast this week. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a talented guy. Let's. Why do we always end with tight ends? Every <laughs> it's just a time. natural fantasy thing. All right, we'll save the best for last in the tight end. You can keep you keep rolling. You keep okay, rolling. My, like my pick, right look, I've been waiting to talk about this guy. He's finally in a position, unfortunately, losing Jerry Judy. My guy is Noah Fant. He's projected at 10.62 points this week. And look, super simple reason why he had eight targets last week, and I don't see that number um, lessening. We talked about his teammate, Javante Williams, being your running back pick, and he's facing the Jags. This is not a defense that you're you're scared to pass on. And you called Noah Fant a tight end, but to me he's closer to being that wide receiver type because he is that kind of dynamic athletic playmaker that you don't necessarily need to be in the red zone for him to score. And we talked about that in the offseason. This guy is going to see volume. I love this call. You, he's going to see scoring opportunities. That's what you want for tight ends. We'll screen that from the top of a mountain till the end of time. He's going. I, if there is a game on the schedule this year where I, you have to ask me, where is Noah Fant scoring a touchdown? It's this game. Yeah. And 70, 70 to 80 yards in a touchdown seems not out of reach at all. No. Especially in a half point PPR. It seems, it, it's like with no Judy, I think that's an awesome pick because it's going to take a little bit. I think Tim Patrick is actually pretty valuable over the next yeah. four or five weeks. But I think. Fant gets a big bump for sure. Yeah. Corlin Sutton's still on a snap count. It's not like he's 100% out there. So, no, Fant quite. may be the only pass catcher that's out there every single time. No doubt. No doubt. He's going to be someone right. you in your lineup. Who do you got? The final player of the big picks this week is going to be Philadelphia Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. With the injury to Zach Ertz, I think the. Philadelphia offense looked very balanced, efficient week one. I know that it was Atlanta. I know San Francisco is much better, especially on the defensive side. But I think regardless of game script, I think he's game script proof, basically. I think he's going to be a big part of their game plan. Um, I, I do not see the Eagles getting up on the 49ers early and just running right. it out. That's not going to happen. So it's going to be a back and forth game. If it's not that, then Philadelphia will be coming back most of the game. I think Goddard is going to be a big part of that. Hawkinson just put up 21.7 against San Francisco. I'm not saying that Goddard is Hawkinson, (laughs) but do I think that he can give you a little more than half of what Hawkinson gave you? Sure. And that's all he would need to hit that number would be kind of like Fant. Can he give you 70 yards and a touchdown? Five or six catches. Yes, he can. They're gonna need that, I think, this week with San Francisco. So that's with be... with Zach Ertz not there, I think he's he's a safe bet for 
seven or eight targets, six catches or so, 70 yards and a score. I want to see it. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Dallas Goddard in a team with very few passing options to speak of. I like that pick. That's a smart pick and probably not someone who you're always confident to start. That's solid. I like that. Man, what a good talk. What a good talk. Yes, sir. Episode 17. We got a lot of fun football to watch here in week two. Terry. Thank you for Terry McLaurin of episode. That's right. Thank you. We're only getting better (laughs) with age. Thanks for listening, guys. That's been week seven or episode 17. If you're not already following us on Twitter at losing sucks, go ahead and head over there. Click that subscribe button. We put out the best of content. Thanks again for listening. Take it easy, guys. Don't lose.